Hello, podcast listeners. This is Pepper coming at you. I still got a little bit of croissant in my teeth. I'm picking out. It's been a little bit since I've been on. Um, got a little caught up with school, which is done for the year, and I feel so free. It's amazing. Um, and we're ready to get back at it. We're ready to start recording lots of episodes again. So for all of you that are just dying every week to hear more from us rest assured it's coming your way um we have a really exciting guest on today um we're going to be exploring a topic that's becoming more and more talked about in society um and that is polyamory and um i know pepper or kit or kitty yeah i'm pepper (laughs) kitty and i have that's always been something that's been um intriguing to us as well um yeah, let's just get into it, guys. I'm ready. Yeah. So I want to just quick introduce yes. our guest today. Is a friend of mine. Um, we have Stella here with us. You should tell them how um, we met. I do think we should tell them how we met. <laughs> yeah. So some of you may remember a few episodes back, I had decided that I was going to start dating women, at least exploring the concept of dating women. <clears throat> and so Stella and I actually met on Tinder. Um, and it was kind of, it's kind of cool because I feel like we have so much in common. It's crazy. And I feel like you're one of the multiple women that I've met on Tinder where I'm like, I'm not sure how to flirt or if this is just like how all my friendships are. And I'm realizing like a lot of my friendships with women are flirtatious. Mm -hmm. Like most of them are actually. So anyhow, that's a different discovery exploration, but I met you online, yeah. and then I learned so much about, like, where you're at in your life and where, like, we came from a very similar place. Mm-hmm. We're in similar places philosophically, but also, like, lifestyle-wise, very different. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to dig in. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, why don't you just start with kind of your... I don't know. Do you want to start with, like, your definition of polyamory or open mm-hmm. relationship? Um, I think that that can mean different things to different people. Um, I think right now we're practicing more like dating other people and kind of like figuring out what that looks like for us. I'm not necessarily like looking for other long-term relationships with other people. Um, so it's been more like casual and... Mm -hmm. Just getting to know people and fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not looking for like additional life partners or anything at this point. Um, so would you... I know the way I look at that, but the way you and your partner look at that, do you identify as polyamorous or as open or how do you... I don't even... Communicate that, maybe. Yeah, I don't... I don't feel like I am truly polyamorous. I think that we're like in an open marriage and to us that kind of just means we're both in agreement that we're going to meet other people and maybe date other people and experience things with other people. But at the end of the day, like we come back to each other mm-hmm. and we're like each other's priority. Mm-hmm. Do you guys talk about dates that you how much information do you guys like to know about that from all the different people that I've talked to I think that can vary depending on the people and like the preference um as of right now 
I don't share a ton of details. I think that's just his preference. He doesn't necessarily want to hear all the, <laughs> the nitty-gritty details of what happens. Sometimes he likes to hear, and he's, like, fine with what he hears, but mm -hmm. it's not something that we talk a ton about at this point. It's still pretty fresh, so mm -hmm. we're kind of, like, figuring it out as we go here. But Yeah. I think, for me, that would be one of the hardest things about it, is feeling yeah. like um, I couldn't talk to my partners yeah. about something, which is a specific way that I'm framing it that could be framed differently. But at this point, that's how I would feel about it. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. yeah. Not even that I was keeping something from them, but just, like, that it would be tricky or, like, a dance to talk about something totally. that was happening in my life. Totally. <clears throat> and I actually was just... I have some good friends that we kind of stumbled into this whole lifestyle with and it's been nice to have them as a resource because they're also kind of doing the same thing that we are. Mm -hmm. So I have someone that I can like talk to about a lot of my experiences. Um, but I was just telling her yesterday, like it is starting to feel a little bit weird to not be able to like share that part of my life with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such like, an intimate part of your right, life. Right. And there's just like, yeah, it's kind of like a big part of life right now, and mm -hmm. a lot happens, and I feel like I'm learning so much, and I like yeah. want to share all of that, and I think I do to an extent, but mm -hmm. there's obviously like a little bit of a barrier there, mm -hmm. so we're kind of figuring that out. Yeah. I don't think it will yeah. be like this always. Yeah. I think it's just... A transition. Yeah. Medium. It's fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I can see that, though, being... That's still a form of transparency. We're, like... You, the, my, from my understanding, from knowing you the last couple of months, I don't think that you're keeping anything from your husband. And no. if he asked you for details, oh, totally. I think he would gladly give them. Mm -hmm. I don't think... It sounds like what I find really um, inviting, kind of, about that type of a relationship and really safe is that I do think that there is no... There are no secrets, but there's also a respect of each other's boundaries of, it sounds like he set up a boundary as opposed to, uh, like wanting you to keep secrets. Yeah. I feel like he, I'm wondering if there's a safety in, like, if I asked you something, I know you would tell me. Totally. And I tell him that all the time. I'm like, I will tell you anything you want to know, but I want to like be respectful and make sure that I'm not like gushing about something if that's like going to be hard for you to hear that right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think like the attractive thing to me about it is the trust that all of that requires. Mm -hmm. Um and just trusting that like your partner is not going to find someone that's like higher of a priority than you, mm -hmm. you know? Um and just trusting that, like, that they have good judgment in, yeah. you know, the decisions that they're making and the, and the people mm -hmm. that they're choosing to yeah. um, to date and stuff like that. Um, and there is something that's, like, sexy about having your own life while mm -hmm. being in a partnership, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that and just that feeling of still being somewhat independent mm -hmm. um, and not tied down. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious about um, the timeline of all this for you, yeah. going back to when you met your husband, and yeah. whether you would have ever imagined that polyamory would be something that you guys would have been open to at that point. It's a great story. Oh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> How long do you have? You've got as much time <laughs> as you got. Mm -hmm. um, well, 
I grew up, I think, probably pretty similar to both of you in a very, like, conservative Christian home. Um, right after I graduated high school, I went to Bible college. Ooh, which one? Northwestern. Oh, yeah. girl. <laughs> and then... We both can relate to that for at least a little <laughs> part of our lives. No, I went to Taylor. Yeah. University in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. And then straight out of Northwestern, I got a job at a church. So from, like, birth to 30 years old, almost, I was, like, living in that bubble. Like, the the Christian bubble. Yeah. Um, And then I think kind of, like, the catalyst for everything (laughs) changing was we went on vacation I won't get too detailed, but we went on vacation with some friends, really good friends. <laughs> Is that like too really detailed? Really good friends. <laughs> really good friends. Who are we named? Sounds nameless. like what we're about to do. <laughs> okay. Well, get ready. It might be a little different. <laughs> I know what's coming. You don't. Okay. It might well, be a little quick, different. Real, real quick, though. Back up. When did you meet your husband along the way? Oh, in college. So okay. we both come from like the same background. Mm-hmm. We met at college. But we attracted each other because we both knew that we, like, didn't like all the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were, like... Mm-hmm. A little anarchists. Yeah, a little bit. Did so, you guys get married, like, right after college kind of thing? You got your MRS degree? Well, we were good mm-hmm. Christian kids, and mm-hmm. we, we wanted to have sex, so, you know, we got yeah. married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. So I was 21, and he was 23, 24. Yeah. You don't know who you are when you're 21. No. No. Like, you haven't, you, you haven't experienced any life, like... Especially growing up in a Christian bubble. Totally. Yeah. On top of that. Totally. So, yeah. It was just... And I don't... I, I don't regret it. I have no regrets. I think we've, mm-hmm. like, found a way to actually grow closer together over the years instead of apart, and we're becoming different people, but we're, like together Mm -hmm. in that yeah and it's been really really good yeah and it's interesting because I feel like this whole um experience with like well I should backtrack and say how it all went down but anyway I feel like it's actually brought us closer together we like talk more than we've ever talked Mm. we like communicate about everything We, like, talk about, like, our desires and, like, our needs and our wants more than we ever had before. Mm -hmm. It's, like, no topic is Uh, off limits anymore, and, like, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. It just feels like a conversation. And was was he the type of dude that was good at doing that when you guys first got together? At talking? Yeah. Um, (laughs) At talking. Yeah. Yeah. Having a conversation. Huge conversationalist, and he's very harmonious and very introverted. So we, mm. I mean, we didn't talk about a lot of things that might rock the boat. And I wow. think, yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to hear how the rest of this story goes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was kind of just, we, I mean, everything was fine, but I didn't know any different either. Yeah, right. So we go on vacation with yes. our friends. We drink too much. We, <laughs> or just enough. Or just enough. Um, <laughs> we end up having sex in the same room. And there's like a 
some slight crossover. I don't know if mm-hmm. I can say that. You can say whatever you want. Oh, I yeah. can. Okay. You set your boundaries oh, yeah. on okay. the podcast. Yeah. Okay, we perfect. are cool. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> okay, so that happened, and you both will probably understand, like, how I felt. Like, when I woke up the next day, I was mm-hmm. like... I am going to hell. Oh, no. What did I do? Oh, no. I was, like, mortified. And I was, like, everything was just, like, in question. And Mm -hmm. I was upset. I was, like, emotional. And, like, I knew Mm -hmm. that, like, our friends were, like, talking through it, like, together and, like, had been talking about it. The worst part about this story is that we had to go on a kayaking tour on like Lake Superior and it was like super choppy and cold <laughs> out and I was super hungover and so we couldn't really have a good conversation and it was just yeah a perfect that storm. sounds miserable I would have just like jumped into the waters and drowned <laughs> I, I was struggling it was not ideal was there like did you sense like a tension or like a whoa we needed to process this or? uh yeah like I totally was sensing that but like this was also kind of at the point still where like we weren't talking a lot about things mm-hmm. you and your partner yeah and I think did it, was he did he know that this all went down he was there. Okay. Yeah, he was like part they of had, it. Like, the I, I two kind couples of, yeah. had sex in the same room. Yeah, but then there was some crossover. I didn't know if he knew mm. about that. Yes, we were both. He was there <laughs> for that. Okay. Girl, girl, boy, boy situation. Cute. Cute! Oh my gosh. I, it was kind of like... um. Like horny teenagers like exploring for the first time. That's Adorable. What it, well, like, in all fairness... It, you, it is like that. for the first time yes. or something. Yeah. We all kind of were, because they mm-hmm. grew up the same way that we did. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Who initiated that? It was You were all drunk, so who knows if yeah, you remember. I think that the guys maybe, like, made some bets or something, and <laughs> we were just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little fuzzy, but <laughs> it happened. Um, and that kind of, like started the conversation. I remember talking with the other couple and finding out like they had been thinking about this for a while and like doing this not with us. But it was their first time? Yes. Exploring that as well? So that was kind of like mind blowing. I was like, what? Like you've been thinking about doing this with people and you never told me and we just started talking about it and I was not sure for a while and my husband and I obviously like had to start talking about like what this means and because the thing is like we did it and we weren't sure but we both like really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and so we didn't know what to do with that Mm. so what did you enjoy about it um well besides the fact that it was obviously like very sexy and like fun um Mm. I think we both agreed that we enjoyed like the intimacy of that experience like these are people that we're close to already and that kind of just felt like natural in a way mm-hmm. to like connect with them in a, in a, like a physical way too mm-hmm. I don't know I don't think everyone like feels that way about those experiences like a lot of people would rather do things with like strangers but I think I don't know. I liked mm-hmm. that, and I think my husband did too. 
um, yeah. So tell me about that first conversation when you and your husband did like sit down and, and you don't have to share his thoughts cause he's not here, but yeah. would you share kind of like where you were at by the time you guys did get around to? Yeah. Well, I think one of the first things I said was like, we just did something crazy last night and it's like 10 hours later and we're just now talking about it. Like what the fuck is wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of when we like, or I just was like, we need to start talking more about like what we're thinking and what we're doing. And I just Mm -hmm. told him like my fears because I was, I was like peddling. I was like, what did I do? Like, I was really, like, upset about that still, and he kind of, like, shared his fears with me as well, and then it kind of transitioned into, like, we liked that, though. What does that mean? Whoa, who, that's Mm -hmm. bold, whoever, like, first opened that up, you know, to admit that you liked it, especially given at this point, were you guys still going to church, and, Um. or was that something that had, like, already kind of... I don't know if we were so much anymore, but we were still, like, closer to that mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. What were your fears? Hell. That's a big one. Eternal burning. Damnation. That sucks. And I think when you grow up in a bubble and, like, 90% of the people you know are Mm -hmm. still exist in that bubble, it's like this is a massive secret. Like, who can Mm -hmm. I actually talk to about this? Or, like, my parents would, like, sob if they knew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'd be disowned. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it feels weird to, like, have a secret like that. Mm -hmm. But... I feel like secrets like that make you... Like, the stigma is where you realize, like, if somebody knew, this would change how they perceive my identity... And mm-hmm. I don't think it's changed my identity. Like, I remember totally. feeling that way the first time I had sex, consensual sex. I remember mm-hmm. waking, like, the next day being like, actually, no, I remember, like, immediately after, actually, like, crying. Typical, yeah. totally Christian girl. <laughs> like, I cried, and he was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, I actually really am. I'm just really upset that just in the last, like, 20, 30 minutes, my identity to 90% of my social network has shifted. And I know I have not changed at all. Yeah. And that was... So I'm wondering if that was yeah. kind of a similar sentiment of like... I think that's a good way of describing that. Because that's how I feel right now. Like, I know when I talk about, like, what I'm doing, some of my friends are looking at me like, you are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I feel like I'm the same person I've always been. And I feel like the most like, alive and, like, Mm -hmm. myself that I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm actually doing what I want for the first time in my life versus, like, just doing what everyone has told me what to do. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't fear for myself the way that I used to because I feel like Mm -hmm. all of this has, like, forced me to, like, really think through what I think about it and what Mm -hmm. I want and who I am and what I care about and what I value and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, what is it that you want in regards to intimacy and sexuality? Whew. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I 
feel like there's a lot of pieces to it. Um, I think a huge part of it is just like never having experienced anything else. That's like a huge draw. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I have the freedom to now do that if yeah. I choose to. And I kind of want to like explore that and see what that looks like and see if that's what I want. Because I don't know unless I try that. Um, I think, obviously... What is that? This is Pillow Santa. Sorry. Oh, I'm, like, okay. really into it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really good. I feel like this totally, like... Katie's getting her witch on. It beckons the secrets. It beckons the oh. secrets. Like, keep them well, coming. We have mimosas. You don't need to... <laughs> you we got some witchy shit burning. <laughs> that keep does smell good, isn't it? Yeah. Um... What was the original question? What do I want? What do you want? Yeah. I love feeling connected to people. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, like, so much to this, and this probably isn't, like, a direct answer to that question, but I feel like what I've been learning is that because of, like, how I grew up, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's good. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of how I grew up, like... I spent, like, the first 30 years of my life, like, in a us versus them kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in -hmm. this bubble, and if you're not in this bubble, you're not safe. I am going to judge you. I'm going to be afraid of you. I'm not okay with what you're doing and what you represent because it's the opposite of what I am. And I think, like, for the first time in my life, I feel like, I've been meeting people and, like, going into those meetings, like, with no preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. about who these people are, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, so amazing. Mm -hmm. It's, like, freeing and empowering, and I feel like I can just start, you know, with a clean slate and get to know someone, and sometimes sex happens afterwards because it just feels like a way to, like, connect even further. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense, but I feel like it's really, like, reshaping my whole, like, view on just human connectedness and, like, community, and I have been, like, completely overwhelmed by, like, how many amazing people are in the world, and I'm going to mm-hmm. meet, like, a sliver of them. Mm-hmm. But I want to meet as many of them as I can. And I feel like the more people that I do meet and connect with, like, the world becomes a little bit smaller and a little bit more beautiful and a little bit more mm-hmm. connected. I said connected a lot. Well, I relate very much to what you're saying, where I feel like you and I probably denied ourselves that kind of intimacy with other people, with different people, with just like people who weren't Christian. Totally. Even actually we denied, I denied myself intimacy with people who were Christian also because I thought that was a sin. Yeah. But I also denied myself intimacy with anybody who wasn't a Christian for, for me it was like the first 20, 20 years of my life. Yeah. Probably. And, um, I think that that also is like really freeing to know that like not only can you not deny yourself that intimacy, but that actually adds to the intimacy of a transparent partnership. 
because mm-hmm. that's something that I look at a lot of the partnerships that were modeled for me that still are beautiful partnerships that serve the purpose that they were seeking. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to bash all like Christian, conservative mm-hmm. Christian partnerships. And mm-hmm. I think that I've learned that I really value a transparency that I don't think existed in most of those. Um, yeah. Because in a lot of them, I think it's like there's a betrayal if you don't think like this. And so if you're really honest with yourself or with your partner, mm-hmm. then it's somehow betraying them by being who you are. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes but that's, yep, I get that. Like, whether it's betrayal of like, hey, I actually don't believe this anymore, and yeah. I know that it's still really important to you, and we can be different and yeah. still walk on this path together. That conversation I'm not familiar with from my upbringing. Yeah. I've now yeah. had it mm-hmm. with partners, but... In my upbringing, that was never modeled for me. Right. And I see people whose partners either no longer identify as Christian or there's something that they're advocating for probably in the partnership that it's perceived as betrayal as opposed to transparency. And to me, I'm like, that's actually really, that's intimacy. Yeah. And I think a lot of intimacy is really, like, stifled in relationships where... People are so afraid to hurt someone else's feelings, and so they either lie about who they are, Mm -hmm. they maybe lie to themselves about who they are, and they're not free to explore their capacity and potential. So I think this is really cool. I also think that, I also wonder if there's some real, I don't know, luck, privilege, and also most importantly true love that you and your partner were able to both evolve together, because I don't know too many people that I think would be open to that conversation. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. What I, do you think is it about your, like, partnership that made this an option? I think our friends are kind of weird, and so <laughs> we talk about weird things anyway. Um, not that this is weird, but, I mean, it's it was out there. Um, I think we also just... We are, like, best friends. We're really good friends. We work together very well. We parent. I have kids. <laughs> we parent well Hi. together. Um, we just balance each other out very well. And I think we, like, we know that we want to be together. Um, but I think we also, like, he he has been very, very good to, like, give me the freedom to explore this and he has the freedom to as well he's just doing it at a little different pace than I am Mm -hmm. um but yeah we just I don't know I think Mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer that I don't know what it is I think we just trust each other Mm -hmm. and we know that we want each other at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Do you think it could have happened this way on any other timeline? Like, could this have happened a year earlier or three years earlier? Or was it kind of like the stars aligned at this timeline because this was when you guys were ready for that option? Yeah, I kind of, yeah. I don't. I don't think it would have happened any earlier. I think it was... Mm-hmm. a cosmic mm-hmm. thing because <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I wasn't gonna go and 
start having sex with people when I was working at a church. So once that was kind of like mm-hmm. over, then I started like rethinking about a lot of things. I was kind of like primed for mm-hmm. new experiences, I guess. I guess, like, the way I've been thinking about it the last few years, because I have a few friends who are also in very intimate, significant partnerships, if not married, mm-hmm. and hearing them verbally process exploring this, something that I've observed, I don't have a ton of friends in that space, but, yeah. like, the handful that I do, all of them came to that conclusion minimum like two years into their partnership if not Mm. like five years to a decade like so I have seen this modeled for me in really cool healthy ways where it's like I believe you that it's working for you Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when I have this conversation with people who are like fearful of it they're like well I don't believe you and I'm like well I believe that my friends it's working for some of them yeah but the people that I'm the most inspired by, I've observed what they have in common, and maybe this is just, like, where I'm at, where what I'm c- capable of. I'm like, they had such an intimacy and such a trust already, and they've built a life around each other mm-hmm. where it w- you can't just rebuild that with somebody from the Internet one night, you know? Right. Or, like, there would still be a lot of of time and communication that could help save that partnership as still being unique and its own relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's something that maybe I felt kind of traumatized a little bit by in previous years with a partner who I'm still madly in love with, always have been, <laughs> every single day since I've met him, but, well, since like a month into meeting him. But um, (laughs) the first month was not super attractive. But anyhow, um, when I met him, I knew that he was interested in polyamory. Mm -hmm. Or at least his own version of an open relationship. Mm -hmm. And and for him, I think it was polyamory, actually, because he did have another partner, another person that he had a relationship with. Um, And he would define that relationship very differently from what he wanted with me, but that was still a relationship that was also, like, sexual and intimate in nature. And ongoing. And and ongoing. And I found that very threatening. And I'm wondering that had that not been the case when I met him, if I would have evolved into being much more open to that relationship existing after I had that, like, intimacy and trust built up. And that's been so interesting, though, like, meeting people who they're like, no, like, I want to meet people who are already in that space. Yeah. And um, I don't judge him that that's what he was looking for at that space. I wasn't mm-hmm. in that space. I still am not really in that space where I'm wanting to be in a relationship that starts out on that place. Yeah. But I've learned over the last two years, I'm a much more open to, like, but if I was in a partnership where I really felt safe and I didn't feel like they were going to leave me. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my own stuff to unpack and, and like, explore. Like, why do I have that fear of someone leaving me or rejecting me? But I think that that's my... That's really what comes down to. My anxiety in that relationship was, like, well, what is she offering you that I can't? Mm-hmm. And what happens if we have some type of a qualm or a mm-hmm. fight or some type of incompatibility or 
our sex gets weird for a little bit, like, are you going to then feel so much more getting your needs met from this partner than from me? Sure. And so there's kind of like this weird competitive jealousy that I still think exists for me. And mm-hmm. I may need to, exp- I do need to explore that more. Like, why does that exist for me? But mm-hmm. I also reject the notion that jealousy is like bad. Mm-hmm. I think that it can exist. Like many uncomfortable emotions are actually really healthy and natural mm-hmm. and can still exist. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how I view jealousy, where I'm like, mm. I can feel jealous, and I don't have to let that stop me from being in a partnership with someone who I love. I can experience jealousy, and that's actually normal. It's a common feeling, right. and it's a common feeling when you're feeling threatened, but it's more of like a explore, why do you feel threatened? Exactly. Is there a threat? Because maybe there is a threat. Mm-hmm. And maybe jealousy is an important reminder of like, hey, don't get too comfy, But also I think jealousy can just be a, you need to explore where your insecurity lies in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I I also think with jealousy, it shows you what you want. You know, you see him having an intimate time with someone else and Mm -hmm. maybe you feel like you're not having that kind of intimacy with him. And so that's something that you want and that's something that you can learn how to foster or open up as a conversation. And I am a very jealous person. Um, (laughs) I've been finding out in, especially in recent years. Um, And... It's been a really hard emotion to deal with for me. Um, and it's something that I, at the beginning of January, I told myself, like, I'm going to focus on meeting my own needs. And that was super helpful in, in starting to curb some of, like, the jealousy that I was experiencing for a really long time. Um, and I just recently had, like, a an episode, I guess, of, like, extreme jealousy. <laughs> and it was, it was really hard for me. It, I mean, the, when you were talking about, like, the day after, you know, you and your friends had a real fun time, um, it, I, it took me back to, like, this, the day after I had this, like, really jealous moment, um, where I just felt like a pile of shit. I couldn't do anything. I was just, like, laying around my house all day just wallowing, Mm -hmm. being like, girl, (laughs) why? Like, why did this happen again? It was so fucking infuriating. Um... And, like, in your experiences with, you know, polyamory and, like, venturing into that, has that heightened jealousy at moments? Has it, you know, what has that done to that emotion? Um, that is going to be different for different people. Totally. I think. for you. For me, personally, I have not experienced that too much. Um, and I feel like I can say that and people can like listen to me and be like, oh, you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. I think that I feel those feelings sometimes. Um, but for the most part, I feel like in all of this, in like this entire experience, I have just taken on like this new confidence that I've never had before. And I think that is a big part of why I don't feel like I get jealous. Like, I'm very happy with who I am. I'm very secure in who I am. I am secure in our relationship. And I know that what he says is what he says, and he means it. And I think it's... We reassure each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we read this book mm-hmm. called The Ethical Slut, <laughs> which I would highly recommend if you are... 
curious about this lifestyle, um, and they talk about, like, it's, I think there's a chapter called, like, dealing with the, like, the roadmaps of jealousy or something. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a whole chapter about jealousy, and they really emphasize that you need to, like, give yourself space to, like, feel those feelings, because mm-hmm. it's natural. You're going to feel those feelings. But they talk about um, how eventually, like, you can get to a place where you experience something called compersion, which is actually, like, feeling, like, joy and excitement and happiness for your partner when they get pleasure from someone other than you. Hmm. And that's, like, a fucked up idea when you're, like, (laughs) dealing with, like, jealousy. You're like, how could I ever feel that um Mm -hmm. and I think I have felt that a couple times and it was like one of the most amazing feelings I've Mm -hmm. ever had Mm -hmm. I was like wow like I know that he is like loving what's happening right now (laughs) and I'm not the reason per se that he's like having a great experience but I'm also like here and I'm part of it and Mm. I was just like so excited for him I was like giddy Mm -hmm. I don't know and we talked about it after and like it was something we were able to like you know hash out after the fact and like giggle about and like talk about like what we liked and what we didn't like and I knew like Mm -hmm. we're still in this together like you're still mine and I'm still yours Mm -hmm. but this is really fun too Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like I would get less jealous about, um, like, sex than I would an emotional connection. Sure. Mm -hmm. That would be the harder part for me. Um, But what you're talking about with compersion, I've had, like, a few moments with that theoretically with my partner. Where, like, I think about, like, where I have these moments of thinking about, like, like, there, he's... He's an amazing human, and he's able to connect with people in really deep ways. And there's someone, one of his coworkers, who's, like, an amazing woman Mm -hmm. that he's becoming really close with. And I've been incredibly jealous and, like, trying to not, you know, like, throughout it. And she and I have hung out a few times, and I'm like, she's awesome. (laughs) And I got to a point where, like, one day where I was like, I don't want to deprive him of that connection. Yeah. Like, she's Mm -hmm. so cool, and, like, I want him to have that. And that doesn't have to mean that he's connecting with me less. It's not, like... Connection isn't, like, this... You have, like, a finite amount of, like, connection, and you can only give it to certain people. Like, it grows and grows and grows. Mm -hmm. And so... And it's different with every... Like, every connection has its own exclusive... Even, like, I would go as far as, like, monogamous aspects. Like, it's not monogamous because I'm consciously making it exclusive it's because mm-hmm. there's a way that like you and I for sure like have a relationship that other people even people that I'm very very connected to like can't tap into there's mm-hmm. parts of ours mm-hmm. and there's parts of every relationship that I have that I'm like but you get this part of me and I get this part of you and that's like what we thrive on or highlight maybe and so I just I agree that connection isn't something where you can only give so much and so you have to just prioritize your connection I think you can prioritize your time and you can mm-hmm. prioritize your energy yeah but I don't think you can prioritize connection I think it it exists in different ways in yeah. every interaction you have yeah I wanted to say too they talk about that a lot in that book I think they they call it like 
a starvation economy mindset. Mm. Like when we're fearful of or jealous of like our partner doing something, it's because we feel like we're going to lose something or we're going to get yeah. less, less of that person. Yeah. But the authors, they like wrote it together and they've like been lovers at certain points. So they like have gone through all this together. They say like, in most of their experiences, they've found that they actually have, like, more to give other mm-hmm. people because they're, like, so filled with life by having, like, all of their needs met. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't, I'm not, I swear they didn't hire me to, like, promote this mm-hmm. book. But I read that book and I, like, underlined something on every page. I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much good stuff in there. Like, whether you are interested in this lifestyle or not like I just jealousy that's for everyone in every relationship every kind of relationship like there's so much stuff in there I would highly recommend it I think the thing that's appealing about open relationships is that there seems to be more of a willingness to talk about those difficult Mm -hmm. emotions you have to Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you have to talk about everything yeah And, like, how is that ever going to be a negative? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just will uncover little things each time you talk, and I feel like it forces you to work through all the icky stuff that is, like, so easy to just push aside and figure out later. Mm-hmm. Hearing you talk about that, just, like, the importance of, <clears throat> of talking about all of those things is really encouraging for me to hear, um... Because I think sometimes I feel in my relationship like I'm being naggy or wanting too much and wanting to talk mm-hmm. about things. And I'm not saying that's on anybody. Like, that's something that, like, I've internalized, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes, and maybe that's maybe that's something that's unique to monogamous relationships or I don't, you know, probably not. I think and there's plenty of monogamous relationships where that's not the case, too. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it's... Uh, for me, I'm like, I want to go into a relationship and I want to be seen yeah. and I want to be known. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, my partner and I just recently talked about like how it's like, obviously we're both going to be attracted to other people. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. let, let's just be honest about that. Like, yeah. that's just a fact, you know? And some people never <clears throat> even get to that. Which oh, is, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. you just stifle that. And yeah. Like, that's not realistic. No. Like, we are human beings. Yeah. And we yeah. appreciate beauty. Yeah. And we appreciate other people because we're all different. And we yeah. all offer different things. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you're having those conversations. Yeah, it felt really good. It's weird, but it, it's, like, yeah. worth talking about. Well, and just being able to say it is, like, actually has the opposite effect of, like, what you're afraid of because you're afraid that like that then that they're going to be worried or they're going to reject you but it's like no actually like I'm sharing this with you and that's creating intimacy and totally. that's creating trust that we can be ourselves mm-hmm. and that's because I think that's where I've kind of fallen is I I am much more attracted to monogamy at this point but I want it to be a monogamy that's very honest and where we can create a situation that's sustainable and that we're Mm -hmm. able to be ourselves within this. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, I, like I said before, intimate 
intimacy is more about an emotional connection for me than it is a sexual connection. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to also share with him, like, if you're not meeting my needs in certain respects, that's cool, and I'm going to get it elsewhere. But it's not in a sexual way. I think right now, like, the line is drawn at, like, in, in sex. And for me, I'm like, if, if you are not emotionally capable of handling where I'm at right now, like, that doesn't have to be a bad thing on you. I get right. it that you're not always going to be able to be there for me. And I'll right. go find a friend that can, you know. Right. And we can open up that kind of option in our relationship so that we don't feel mm-hmm. so much pressure totally on each other. And I think especially within growing up with a Christian mindset, there is so much pressure created oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for partnerships. To be everything. Where you, to be yeah. everything. And I think especially as the woman, you feel that, um, that you need to be there support you need to be like you know they're every everything like Mm -hmm. and I think that then you start to expect that out of your partner as well and it's just this vicious cycle and then you get disappointed in yourself when you feel like you've let them down and disappointed them when you feel like they've let you down but like the standard is so high that you're gonna (laughs) let each other down so much Mm -hmm. and so if you can instead start to see it as like when I'll take when you're there for me yeah. And I'll appreciate those moments. And when you can't be there for me, I can find what I need. Yeah. And I'm not dependent on you for that. I don't have to be waiting around, waiting for you to satisfy that for me. Yeah. You know, I can take it into my own hands and do what I need to do. And, yeah, for me, just, like, thinking about it more like that, it's been, I think it's been super helpful because I know that my partner felt a lot of expectation from me right out of the gate in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And... I hope that that's changed for him because it's changed for me because I know that I do expect less out of him now. Yeah. Um, and we have some friends that model that really well of just mm-hmm. low expectations, you know, um, mm-hmm. but in a way that's like mm-hmm. not compromising what they want. Oh, Ooh, what was that? Was that croissant on my forehead? <laughs> skin. Sorry, Shella just like cleaned off my face and I'm suddenly <laughs> self-conscious of what the fuck was on my face. You look beautiful. It's not oh, a big thanks. deal. I was gonna say that's actually something my husband has commented on like multiple times because he's pretty introverted mm-hmm. and I now have a job where I am not around people all day. I work by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've become a lot more extroverted mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah, I want to, like, go out and, like, do things, like, every night. And he's, like, I'm so glad that you, like, have people that you can do that with now. And it's not, like, so much pressure mm-hmm. on me to, like, mm-hmm. fill that need. Because I come home from work and I'm, like, oh, my God, I just want to lay here and, like, veg out for a little bit. And I'm, like, I totally get that. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many little things like that that make this work very well for us. I'm suspecting a connection that when, kind of like what I was saying before about the partnerships that I really admire who are practicing being ethical sluts or being like open or being poly, I think that when I was talking about how they had a lot of years to create an intimate partnership with trust, I also am noticing, I think all of you guys have a certain amount of, like, you are meeting each other's emotional needs. 
And that's why sex can be sex. Because mm-hmm. kind of like what you're saying, Pepper, is that that would be very hard for you. Is to be able to have your partner have an emotional connection with someone different than what they have with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, and I think initially I would say that as well. But I think that if I'm in a partnership where, like, the emotional connection is so obviously... There. ...its own... Yeah. It is exclusive. Not because it's protected and guarded as exclusive, but because it's... You can't reach this. You know, Mm -hmm. this is... We've put... We've invested so much energy and time and space and intimacy and vulnerability into this. This has taken years to create or months or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that... What I'm hearing from you, Stella, is that your partnership, opening it up, is far more about finding sexual connection and having that need met in ways that no one person maybe could meet. Or, well, maybe it's not, or maybe it's also just like your first time exploring that, because you never got to explore, like, how do you get your sexual connectedness needs met? Yeah. I think that's part of it, for sure. I think I also just like to feel connected to people. Like, that's, like, one of my strengths. Mm-hmm. Strengths finder. Anyone familiar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Very Christianese, but yeah. connectedness. Think, of yeah. course your woo. one of mine. <laughs> that is not mm-hmm. one of mine. Not mine either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, ladies, sit back. I'm going to... Work your charm on I'm gonna work my charm. (laughs) I mean, I get another mimosa, actually. Oh, gosh. Um, So, speaking of Christianese, I really want to know more about your journey with all of that. So, I mean, like, the day afterward, you were like, I'm going to burn in hell forever for doing this. Mm -hmm. How did you come to terms with that, get over it, and where are you now with, with all of that? And what was Christianity to you growing up? I just asked you five million questions. Answer them all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, there are a lot of obviously really great things that I have gotten from the way I grew up. I feel Mm -hmm. like it kind of set like a foundation to go off of just as far as like the things I value and, um, right from wrong, different things like that. Um, I feel like it was a lot of rules and I think (laughs) I in college like started to get very angsty about that just feeling like there's so many rules like don't do this don't do this don't do this don't do this um I think after it happened I don't even know like a timeline for how long it took but I think I just started rethinking everything. Like, a phrase that I would throw around a lot is that I just feel like I'm kind of reconstructing all my ideas about everything. It's like starting... We polished that off. (laughs) Is it even 10? What time is it? (laughs) It gives a fact. We all did it off. I thought you were going to pour me some of yours, but instead... I I was actually handing it to you. Sorry, I just poured myself um, some of the rest of this Prosecco, and there was like one drop, because Kitty just polished it all off. But thank you for sharing. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, actually, is what I meant to say. Also, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 
I don't even remember what I was saying. Uh, um, <laughs> Reconstructing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm totally in that place. Mm-hmm. But I also feel, like, very okay with that. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know what I think about a lot of things anymore, but I, I feel like I'm the most in tune with, like, who I am and where I'm going and I'm actually trying to figure it out instead of just like sitting there and being like oh well so and so said this so it must be right Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to figure it out for myself and I'm kind of just using the model of like is what I'm doing like making the world a better place is it hurting people I'm like trying to ask very all the things that we were told like (laughs) we're not good like ways of figuring things out yeah like (laughs) isn't that crazy like that's that's the message that I got was that like that's not a good totally that's not a good measure Mm -hmm. is whether or not you're hurting people or not yeah and I yeah there's just so many things where I'm like I feel more like connected to the world and like more aware of people Mm -hmm. than I ever felt like Mm -hmm. in that bubble like I was judging everybody before and like not even trying to like meet people where they were at or understand people and I feel like yeah it's just it's kind of ironic how Mm. (laughs) you know what is taught to you is something but they model something a lot of times very different I thank god I don't believe in him anymore <laughs> like honestly like I feel like the way that Christians talk about finding god is how I feel about losing him mm-hmm. in the christian context like i people have become so much more enjoyable for me because yeah. they're not thing I need to convert anymore. Yeah. They're not something <laughs> they're that not I something have. They're not something to gain. They're something exactly, to understand. Or something to take on. Yeah. I don't have to take you on. I don't have to try to convince you of anything anymore. Or try to woo you, which I'm terrible at, so that you <laughs> decide to like Jesus. Like, I, it's amazing. and I, But I still have so many vestiges of that mindset. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all, like, this year for me has been a huge reconstructing phase and it feels really fucking messy and really (laughs) just not attractive um but I know I've had many moments (laughs) I've had many moments you've looked also very cute sometimes thank you I will take some adorable (laughs) precious hot moments I'm lucky I have amazing friends is really what it comes down to um yeah, I I would like to hear more about how you've come to terms with that reconstruct reconstructing because for me it feels very unstable and it feels really um scary a lot of days. Yeah. Um with lots of excitement sprinkled in there too. Um because I get <laughs> I get to now decide what I think, yeah. which is really empowering. Yeah. Um this is like a new thing for me. But I'm really enjoying being able to like talk shit about people, actually, which is something, <laughs> which is something that I've never really allowed. Are you to I've, I've never really allowed myself to do. But are you? wow, you are sure? a really good Christian. <laughs> are you sure? Do you have something else to say about that? <laughs> I don't have anything else to say, but I I 
feel like we have done that. Sure. <laughs> we definitely For have. For years, actually. I don't feel like I... Only if the bitch has it coming. Only... Oddly, I feel like you usually instigate it more than I do. I can see. I don't know. You seem pretty damn pleased. (laughs) Very pleased because I'm like, yes, someone else saying it, and now I can agree. But that's what I'm saying. It's like now I get to instigate it more. Where I'm like, like, because for me, I'm like, I yeah, I was always like, you don't, you don't gossip about people you don't talk about. And now I'm like, you know what? Some people need to be called on shit. And also, it's okay to be like, what the fuck is that bitch doing right now? Like, yeah. And I'm finally, and for me. And when we say bitch, we're only talking about men. We would never call a woman such a sexist term. Oh. For you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to lie about I have no problems with it. For me, okay. it's a reclaiming of the word, so okay. I have no problems with it. But I feel that way about the word slut. Yeah. yeah for I was sure. thinking about that on the way here. Have yeah. you ever done the slut walk? I want to this year. I've done it twice. I don't know if they have it here every year. Oh. Well. They've had it at least in Minneapolis at least twice. Maybe they have it every just year. Just got to say, I love Amber Rose. I love Amber Rose so much. Like, she's one of the celebs that I keep up with. (laughs) (laughs) I think she she is so fine and got a mind, and I love her. I was just on her Instagram the other day. Dang. Her son is amazing. He's, like, he's such a great sense of self. Uh, Anyway, I'll stop. (laughs) I'm going to stop. Well, how have you not gone to the slut walk with me before? I don't know. It's just, I'm not, not a, I'm not a walker. I don't okay. know. I don't like. <laughs> I just don't. You know, I don't really go to the. You don't pro- like. I don't go to. I don't go to the protests. Like I don't. Oh, see, I'm a sucker for crying behind posters in public. Yeah, I'm it. really not. Group things like that. I'm just like, no thanks. I went to like two protests. Yeah. And that and, and that was actually very scary and new for me to do that. Um, but I really, it was amazing. It was liberating. It was one of them was like after Trump got elected, and we were just running around like the Seward neighborhood and like shut down ninety four, and that was <laughs> so much fucking fun. And then I called my sister, and she was like, "What are you doing?" And she was like really against it at that moment, because um, she was like, "He's our president, and you're just doing the Whoa. same thing Your that they're doing." Sister? My younger sister. Whoa. I know she's totally changed her tune. It's okay. fine. Um, and then the other one was one of, like, the women's walks. Mm-hmm. Not this last year, but the year before. Which was you went also... to the women's march? Mm-hmm. I just, so this is how I do it. Um, oh. I don't go with anybody. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. I don't like doing shit like that. Um, and I just went and I just hung out on this parking ramp that overlooked it and just stared at everybody. Huh. And it was great. That is a good way to observe it. I love, for me, I'm like, I would rather... Rather than be in it, I like to be, like, just on the edge of it, and I just like to look out at it, and that's, like, the most powerful thing for me, is just, like, Weird see everybody, everybody the people mm-hmm. watching. Because I don't really, I think what it is, is, like, I'm resistant to getting into hype, and so oh, I, mm-hmm. like, don't, like, to, I, it's hard for me to allow myself to get into hype and feel genuine about it. Mm-hmm. I feel it, but I would just rather watch yeah. it and feel it from afar. I think that's the difference, too, between a march and a protest. Like, I think observing mm. the Women's March yeah. is different because, I mean, I think that I probably see protests a little bit differently than you. 
Where... I haven't really given it much thought. Okay. So that's probably why. Yeah. yeah. But you referred to that as, like, fun. Like, we had a fun time jumping around Seward and shutting down 94 for Black Lives Matter. Like, I, I no, don't it's think I so would much, use that phrase. It's so much... Okay. <laughs> it's so much more than that, obviously. Okay. No, it was really empowering. It was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, because mm-hmm. we were just all... We were... We were, though, we were just running around Seward. Like, that's what mm-hmm. it felt like for me. It was just this, like, chaos, and it was mm-hmm. beautiful. And it was mm-hmm. so many different people of so many different backgrounds all walking mm-hmm. around and chanting the same things, and it was so mm-hmm. cool. It was so mm-hmm. inspiring. It's not just about a fun time. Yeah. But it is a fun time. <laughs> for me, it was. Like, yeah. to be surrounded by so many different people that I would never see otherwise, I was just like... Yeah. But can I chat? I am not. Please I'm not judging it, but I am challenging it. That I also think there's as a white woman being a part of a Black Lives Matter protest, seeing it as fun and empowering. I, I also I sus- I wonder if there's some privilege in that in walking away with that sentiment, sure. Or in even like engage having that sentiment when you're there. Yeah. Shutting down ninety four. Um, I want, no, that's a. I mean, that's an excellent point. I would agree. When I've been in protest, there is a lot of. Yeah. Um, it feels so good being surrounded by like-minded thought, and it does feel so encouraging when that's not your experience most of the time. Mm-hmm. But this is totally a tangent. No, I think it's I just, good though. I think though that there's a white privilege and a, definitely like, uh, a white female privilege for sure, where I'm highly unlikely to get arrested or shot or. Yeah. No, know, that's a very but, good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, don't, and I don't have to live that reality day to day. Correct. Also, I don't think it was a Black Lives Matter protest. Oh, okay. It was just about Trump getting elected. Maybe it was... I remember you had gone to one where you were shutting down 94. I think I was out of the country at the time, though. I wonder if it was when I was in... I don't know. I remember there was a time when I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I was just out of the state. But people had shut down 94, and I thought it was you, and I, I, you had texted me, too. That, never mind. That's totally just a tangent. <laughs> Regardless, fine. though, I think that's a good point, though, that you bring up, and I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's something that, honestly, like, just this, like, last year, I'm really starting to realize in myself is mm-hmm. a lack of understanding of what African Americans have been through in this country. Mm-hmm. and starting to come to term like, understand it little by little and piecing mm-hmm. it together more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a narrative that I really did not hear growing up at all, mm-hmm. and it was something that I'll be honest, like I was resistant to hearing mm-hmm. since moving to Minneapolis because of my upbringing, where I was like, I've just always had this thing where I'm like, well, I don't know what the truth is, mm-hmm. and now just starting to see it all a lot more. Like Philando, honestly, was like a big turning point for mm-hmm. me, and Flint was a big mm-hmm. turning point for me, and starting to understand more of like this is still a huge reality for African Americans. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe that it, like, ended at the Civil Rights Movement. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't realize that mm-hmm. there was still so much, like, systemic institutionalized racism happening. So, yeah, I think being around you and being around some of our other friends and hearing about it more and more has been incredibly helpful for me to understand and to see it a lot more. And now it's something that, like, I'm starting to seek out information wise um Mm -hmm. more like in podcasts and stuff like that but I've got a lot of growing to do in that area for sure yeah yeah I think to make a tangent too to where we're (laughs) the (laughs) interviews was yeah um because it started with slut walk and talking about yeah you know but I think that there is something so cool about the fact that we've grown up 
Christian grown up in this concept that like to question this means you have to question so many things. Right. And I think that's where I've noticed because I've had this conversation just the other day with a colleague actually about telling him a little bit about the story about my ex and me, my ex and I, kind of our journey of like exploring um, polyamory and then it feeling really scary to me mm-hmm. and didn't work out great on multiple mm-hmm. parts of it. Um, and, and seeing her response was just like, she, I believe that she was fearful of like validating the possibility that for some people being in an open partnership, being in a polyamorous relationships could be really healthy for some people. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with even people within like a mental health field, like mm-hmm. there's a fear of it because it's like, well, if that can work for you, then does that mean that I'm living a weaker version of a partnership? Does that mean I'm living a less open, a less honest, a less transparent version mm-hmm. of a partnership? And I still don't really know what to do with that, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think that I would... Because I also... I wonder if there's a part of, like, who has... Does everyone have the same capacity and potential and ability and intimacy and connections that everyone has? And I feel like that's an easy answer for me. Like, no, we all have different ways of doing relationship and all different preferences of how to relate and have intimacy. But... So I do wonder if there are some people who are easier to access and tap into this like polyamorous open world and others who maybe don't have access I also wonder if many people just are fearful because if I have to question this then I have to question so much yeah and some people may not be really in a place like reconstruction could be really traumatic for some people who have Mm -hmm. maybe relied on this uh, theology or philosophy or worldview to get them through a parent's death or a sexual assault or a miscarriage and like they've used this like faith ideology or they've leaned on their partner in this way and they've put such an emphasis on like this is why our partnership is beautiful that then to question like well is that actually necessary would make them maybe like question like well how could I have gotten through this if I didn't have that have this type of a relationship or this type of a religion or faith Mm-hmm. And so I also see there's like a trauma of consciousness kind of that people enter when they engage in a conversation about an open relationship or polyamory or anything that they would define as unfaithfulness or disloyal, being like, they've disrespected you. And it's like, well, did they disrespect me or did they hurt my feelings? Like, how much of it was them mm-hmm. even thinking about me? And I can see that that can be something that can be hurtful too. But how much of this was about me and how much of this was actually about them getting a need met so that they yeah. can be more present for me yeah. and meeting yeah. my needs. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's just thinking out loud. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's I think all that, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we... There are two things I was thinking about when you were saying that. I think, first of all, yeah, we all take things a lot more personally than what we need to mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I think that, that distinction that you draw between did it hurt my feelings or was it disrespectful mm-hmm. is gets blurred a lot yeah. and I don't you know I can't say it from like a relation like okay back it back back it up in in my relationship with female friends there is this sort of culture that I feel among female friends that is like oh if he disrespects you no 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 you know yeah but a lot of times what it is is just your partner hurting your feelings. And I feel like a lot of times when I talk about relationship stuff with other women, there is this immediate, like, 
on your side, fuck that dude kind of mentality. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, but that's not what I'm actually wanting right now. Like, mm-hmm. with some dudes, yes. But yes. not with all of them. Like, it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. You know, it's not that simple. It's a lot more like, let's actually, like, tease through all these emotions and find out what's at the bottom of all of it. And I have friends that can do that with me, and I'm so yeah. grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something that, like, I feel, like, in the female culture should evolve. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I think is. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the other thing was, oh, I don't remember anymore. That's fine. I'll let it go. If it comes back up, then I'll go. Stella, what would you kind of say as a suggestion to other people who are perhaps exploring or maybe, I don't know, just any other partners kind of like you're the only person of the three of us who's married who's in a partnership you're also the only one of us three who's a mother um can you tell us like what would you suggest to somebody who's just now being introduced to the concept of an ethical slut or polyamory or open partnership or defining faithfulness differently or monogamy differently Mm -hmm. couple things i feel like i have been surprised at how many people I have met online that are trying to find people basically to sleep with and their spouses don't know that they're even on them online Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I feel like that just like goes to show like there are so many people that like are trying to figure out how like they don't want to end that relationship obviously but their needs aren't being met and they're not having conversations. They're just trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to, like, put a Band-Aid on something. Mm-hmm. And I have loved, like, being able to be like, you know what? You have to have those conversations. Like, and just being able to impart, like, any little bit of wisdom from what I've learned, like, to those people has been, like, really cool. Maybe that's, like, the good Christian girl in me that's, like, excited to, like, share some advice or something but I just feel like keeping secrets is not going to well in this instance keeping secrets is like not gonna get you what you want like people Mm -hmm. want to experience freedom and they want to be able to I think everyone like wants a healthy relationship but it's so terrifying to mm. have conversations sometimes that you know might hurt somebody else or might feel destructive and I I feel like I know so many married people too that are just like existing they're not like thriving they don't love their sex life like there's a lot of really like ho hum marriages out there Mm -hmm. but because they grew up the way we grew up like I can't get divorced oh my god that would be the worst thing I could ever do so instead of like talking about like why it's not working Mm -hmm. they just exist and are not super happy and that's Mm -hmm. like a bummer I got this tattoo a couple weeks ago I've been staring at Mm -hmm. it it says make it count and (laughs) it's kind of like it's kind of cliche like to an outsider but I feel like this is like my life mantra now like I I don't want to waste time anymore like thinking about like what could be or Mm -hmm. I just don't want to waste time like as far as I know I'm not coming back in another form to do it all again this is my shot 
Like, mm-hmm. I want to make it count. Like, I want to have, like, amazing relationships, and I want to be vulnerable, and I want to talk about shit that matters, and I want to make a difference. And I feel like I just want to encourage people to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think some people are going to come back as something else, and some aren't. It's probably going to be the same. Like, we're either going to come back or we're not, right? Mm-hmm. I just want people to be intentional and... I think Mm -hmm. that it's scary to have those conversations sometimes, but you Mm -hmm. have to start somewhere and like, it'll probably like blow up your mind if you (laughs) start having them. And like, if you're like in a unhappy situation right now, think about where you could be like a year from now. Mm. I think, Mm. I don't know. I think there's we a have a lot of potential to that. Yeah. It's like advocating for what could be. And you may be yeah. told no, but that's the worst you could be told. It's like, right. I don't feel comfortable with that. Right. But if you don't ask for what you need or suspect you need or right. what you think could help, if you don't trial and error some shit out, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I think you're, you're maybe lying to yourself and maybe just kind of living in a relationship for the sake of living in a relationship. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think, like, the roadblock in doing that, like, because when you say it like that, like, yeah, the worst you can be told is no. Mm-hmm. Sounds great when you hear it like that. But I think the roadblock a lot of times is that you're, is the, what you read into it is like, oh, if they tell me no, that means that they don't love me. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it means that they don't want this or whatever. I think a lot of times we, like, attach these meanings to a no that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And I guess I shouldn't say that because the worst that could happen is someone could feel so threatened by the question that they leave you. Because right. I do think that in our upbringing, for sure, I think that would have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, like, for sure, in most of the Christian relationships I had modeled for me, like, if one partner had said, hey, I really don't feel like I'm getting my sexual needs met, they would have been answered with, well, that's not what this is about. But that is still something that someone feels a lack in intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if it's invalidated, yeah, I do think the worst case scenario is they leave me for even bringing up something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think that if you have a partnership where it's like, Hey, I will respect if the answer is no, I will respect, I, I want to know how this could affect you, but I want mm-hmm. us to actually explore how might this affect us and how is it currently affecting us that I'm not feeling connected in this way or I'm not feeling um, cherished or wanted or Mm -hmm. expressive in this way? Like, that's also affecting the relationship. So not saying that this is more important, but, like, can we actually talk honestly, how is this currently affecting the relationship that one or both of us aren't getting all of our needs met? And how could it affect our relationship if one or both of us did get this specific need met. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, that is scary for sure in a, in a marriage, which I can't relate to, and certainly a marriage where there's children involved. Like, that's a big risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really inspired that you and your partner were willing to explore that and take the risks knowing that the relationship was worth it. Mm-hmm. Or that each other's happiness, maybe, was worth it. Yeah. Do we still have time? Because I have two questions that I'm still curious about. I'm curious can... about how this is going to affect your parenting. <clears throat> like, as mm. far as, like, the message that you tell your kids about yeah. relationships. 
<laughs> well, my children are still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something we've definitely been talking about. Um, even as we, like, are figuring out boundaries, like, do we bring other people home? Like, there's just so many yeah. things to consider, like, and how do you communicate that? Um Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a lot of solid answers yeah. yet. We haven't been forced to have to think through that yet. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we will. Yeah. I know that we will. And we've, like, started having those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think, though, like, the more important thing is that what you're doing is allowing your mind to think freely. And I think in that state will come like, good parenting actions, yeah. you know? Like, I th- when I look at, like, the parents that I respect, it's the ones that, like, allow for there to be freedom yeah. and an openness in their relationship with their totally. kids. Totally. Instead of it being this, like, really rigid, strict... Yeah. You and know, what your kids thing. may need may be different than what you've ever needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that's one thing for sure that we know right off the bat is that we want to talk to our kids yeah. and like have it be like an open dialogue yeah because we didn't talk about stuff with our parents yeah and look at me now <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no like I want them to feel safe and I want them to know that like they can ask us anything and mm-hmm. it's okay and there's not going to be judgment would and you ever tell your kids about this then Well, I don't know. I think it'll depend on if it, like, what our situation looks like when they're, like, at an appropriate age. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like, if this is, like, a lifestyle that we, like, choose to continue throughout our marriage for, like, many years and they become teenagers and it seems like something they should know, like, I would love to have those conversations with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. But they are mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah. So don't force yeah. me to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, I'm also, we didn't really answer too much about your journey along Christianity. We started it and then we got sidetracked. And I'm just curious, we can kind of speed it up, but like where are you at right now? Yeah. That you said that you think that this is your one shot. So yeah. you, you don't think, you don't believe in an afterlife any more than I'm guessing? Um, not in the same way that I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just way less fearful of what it looks like after yeah. I die than I mm-hmm. used to. Totally. I relate to that. Oh, that smells good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you believe in a God or many gods? Or I think I still do. I think I do. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just trying to figure out, like, what that looks like Mm -hmm. if I'm still trying to figure out like the whole like relationship thing Mm. yeah relationship with with God okay yeah so do you still believe in a Jesus I think I do I don't cool I don't know um (sighs) guys I gotta go to the bathroom okay go you Um, can pause I don't know how you edit this together, but... We don't. Oh. Because of us. It's great. You can can go. Can I? Yeah, Yeah. go. Please, be comfortable. (laughs) Where should I go?
All right, pee break is over. Everyone need a bathroom break. Yeah, um, we're ready to wrap it up. You're kind yeah. of into the Jesus, figuring it out. Yeah, I'm into figuring Jesus out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, this was a super fun interview. Because uh, I think that it's cool how much just organically, it seems like a lot of our guests, we t- turn to a spiritual direction and like a religious direction mm-hmm. at some point in the interview. Because I think it's such a huge part of, like, Peppers and my, like, upbringing. Mm-hmm. And just because of our social network, and that's a lot of how we draw in guests, ends up being the... Just kind of, like, where I feel like a lot of the questions end up tapping into is something about, like, how do you think your spiritual or religious influences allowed you or were a barrier to tapping into this part of you? Mm. So, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah, it is. But thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. And I hope that what you hear from us too is like we believe you and I believe that that's been super healthy and awesome for you <laughs> yeah. and your partner. And yep. um, it's really inspiring and it mm-hmm. allows me to question. I still get to set my own boundaries for what I want to invite into my life and relationships, but it invites me to see how a relationship could look different and maybe that could be a really healthy perspective, at least a hat to try on. shout-outs to the many giving souls that make Top Secret Girlcast possible. Our podcast is produced by my Trey Trey Dope cousin, Derek, and our music is by the incredibly talented Bob Bean, who Pepper and I would like to give a giant shout-out for making the music production for our podcast super-duper easy and customized to our every last girlcasting desire. Lastly, thank you to all of the guests who have already been and will be courageous enough to be vulnerable with us on the show. If you or someone you know would be interested in having your secret read on the podcast or being interviewed on the show in our Northeast Minneapolis studio, please email us at topsecretgirlcast at gmail.com.